Welcome to the Football Podcast. This is your host, Mr. Number Nine. And this is the phone. Hey everyone, you've all had a great uh, last few weeks, almost at the quarter mark of the Premiership season, and what a season it has been so far. Yes, it has been a crazy, crazy season, and to think it's yeah, not even a quarter of the way through, and I mean, you just look at the table, and it's just, you've topped with Leicester, then Tottenham, then Liverpool, then Southampton, then Chelsea. Thinking of the last few years, that's just crazy that you have to get down to you know Liverpool in third even though they've had a blistering start really yep. we're somehow in what fifth had a good turnaround the last few weeks but the season's been very um up and down and then City is down in six seven eight nine tenth and you guys are way way down there somewhere yes I mean that helps you you are seven points off the relegation zone so yeah. yes yes small victories <laughs> I mean, if we just just as a comparison, uh, only one team from last season's final top four are currently in the top four. Yeah. Going by our teams, how uh, do you feel about Chelsea's season so far? I'd say it's it's been up and down. I felt it's last few games have definitely felt better. I think we've had now f- in all competitions four wins in a row and one goal scored in those. Yeah. So we had clean sheet against you guys, clean sheets in the um, Champions League, one goal against us with um, in the weekend. And another clean sheet before that as well. So, yeah. but we're still eight games in, four wins, three draws, and a loss. Yeah. So, I I feel like uh, for Super Frank, this season's going to be the season he gets to actually have a bunch of the players he actually needed wanted for the team. Yeah. And he's they're going to get into his system, and next season, like with some key recruitments, which I'm sure Chelsea will give him. Oh, definitely. He'll probably be challenging for that. I don't like... I Obviously, Chelsea are still well within a chance of winning the league this year. Yeah. But I don't think going forward it'll happen just because I think a lot of people need to get into and uh, get into Frank's yeah. system and understand it. And I think Frank is still also kind of working out what sort of system he wants with the kind of players he has. Yeah, yeah. And there's definitely a lot of... People still, like, Tago Silva's only really now really settled yep. into the defence, and the defence is looking a lot more yeah. calm and settled now that he's just yeah. obviously clicked on. Yeah. The the midfield's starting to, to really do stuff. We've got Kante playing in the holding midfield role just in front of the back four that's looking good like he should be playing. Yes, I agree. Javis and Zelich and the rest are looking... They're starting to... Feel comfortable in their forward positions. Werner's looking good. Yeah. And and Drew and um, Abraham are, are clicking together as well again. So yeah. things are coming together, but it's still a young team and there is still. Absolutely. Yeah, they're still getting to know each other. And as you say, Super Frank's still sorting out. Now that he's got all the players he can possibly have, sorting that out and also allowing for everybody to have game time. This last year, you know, there wasn't really that pressure because he didn't, you know, he had the he had the squad. It was young. It was like, that's it. 
But now he's, you know, 200 million plus pounds worth of transfers over the summer, plus most of still of last year. And you've got to fit them all in somehow and give everybody game time. I think it's helping at the moment having lots of games, Champions yep. League each week, plus Premier League each week. Um, he can use the yep. rest and rotation excuse to make sure he's managing his numbers. So if you if Chelsea are still very, very close to, to the top or even top of the table come January transfer window, do you think the Chelsea board will give him some reinforcements so that he can try and push the team over? Because I think both Leicester and Spurs and Liverpool ahead of them are going to have trouble uh, with their squads yeah. not being deep enough. All three teams, I think, are going to have issues with injuries and whatnot. They are three very lean teams. Southampton might have the same situation, but they're not in the Champions League, so that's a, yeah. uh, that helps them. And because of that situation, I think Manchester United and Manchester City are going to have trouble maybe going up the table yeah, yeah. Um, of the other two teams that are in the Champions League. Just to... I think come, come winter, the winter um, transfer, if we're going to buy something, it'll probably be at right back. So at the moment, that's probably the place that most positions we have two or three every team needs a good fullback i think everybody yeah. and we've got two we've got two awesome fullbacks one of them is astlequeta no slouching on him he's an awesome player but as a actual fullback i mean he is getting on and it's it does show he brings very good stability and leadership to the team when he's in yeah it's his pace up and down the the side is definitely yeah. lacking sometimes so you you lose some of that that width um and you know the the wing back Attacking win back mentality. We've got Reese James yeah. there. He does that very well, but he's young. Um, and so there's that. So at the moment we have a very quick but young player who can get up and give the crosses and get back and do all the running. But young, and whilst he hasn't had many mistakes so far, that's you know that comes with being young. That happens. It's just one of those things. And then you have Espliqueta, who's mm. very solid there but doesn't have the pace. And it just feels like if there's a position where we need an extra one, it's probably there and maybe left back, but that sort of maybe the right back covers it, but then Esplicueta can cover both flanks. So, And we do have two left backs anyway, but I don't see a need to... Yeah, I think also you've got your keeper issues sorted out. Yeah, the keeper issues are sorted out. Centre defence issues are sorted out with Otago Silva coming in. Rudiger's back, mostly fit, so he'll probably start soonish um the zuma seems to be given the nod we still have um, christensen there so that's fine midfield is there's no need to take there and our strikers we've got three informed strikers going with Werner, abraham and drew and you know at the moment where Werner's playing as a left wing more so that we can fit in abraham and or drew depending on who's getting the nod that for that particular game yeah like pulisic hasn't really played i mean he injured himself when he was meant to play the other week um, but he hasn't really got a lot of game time. Still got Hudson Adoy, who hasn't got a lot of game time, you know. So it's not like the attacking midfielders are, are lacking yeah. quality and class. That's true. I don't think you guys need reinforcements yeah. in attack other other than fullback. Like I said, I think every team would want would never say no to a no, good no. fullback just because you you always need them and they always need to be rotated just because of the they're the high energy pressing guys in the team the, the guys who are meant to keep the tempo going for your attack and your defense yeah i think that's the thing is that especially these days in modern football you need 
full-on wingbacks who are just up and down the sideline all day long and they just sprint forward and to get on attack and then they've got to sprint back and they've got to be right back there like as soon as the ball turns over they've got to be back in defense especially if you've got like a front three or four uh, yeah. you know basically forwards who like to sw- cut in yeah. and out and like a center forward who while is, ha- is happy and a- very capable of being a target man but can also go into the hole and generate uh, chaos those are the sort of players we uh, we all need yeah Chelsea, I think, like I said, built up to the attack, are built up to the for the attack really well. I think Frank needs to work out the sort of tactic yeah. and philosophy he wants the team to follow. He knows what it is. He wants. I think we're getting there. It's it's being influenced by Mourinho. He wants, but him being an attacking midfielder, I think he he's always going to respect good defending and building a good defense. And but he's always going to focus. You know, he wants the team to be entertaining and attacking, like he wants. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, there's lots of signs that the team follows yeah. his mentality when, as his playing days. Like I think that's a contrast to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who's I think shown a lot of times to be quite uh, naive tactically. Like uh, I'm not saying we would have beaten Spurs even with good tactics, but because Spurs played very well. Yeah. But I don't think anyone agrees that after the three goal lead Spurs took that. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer then uh, not shoring up the defense and trying to like you know be aggressive in recovering you know the kind of thing you need to do you can't just keep hoping that you're going to get counterattacks. yeah yeah so there comes a point where you've got to change change your game day philosophy basically yeah you got to either change the philosophy to being a very strong defensive team that will just go uh, that's just going to press for the ball back uh, or like, you know, just a ball team that just doesn't yeah. give the ball up. And I don't think uh, Elegant Solskjaer has that tactical uh, key man. And more importantly, I don't think he has the players to swap around like that. Yeah, so with yeah. United, the thing is, there's all there's big flaws in almost every side of the game. Like in goalkeeper, uh, David De Gea is not having a, his best season. I think he's still very good, but... I feel like eventually Dean Henderson is going to replace him. But mm-hmm. the issue is there, what if Dean Henderson also keeps doing bad, uh, does badly? Because let's be honest, it's the defense up front that's making our goalkeepers um, not have confidence. It's not they don't think they can uh, yeah. do it. It's just that they know that their defense is going to make a mistake uh, or two or three very big mistakes in a game. And they just have to look out. You know, they're tactically watching their defense while trying to stop shots. And that's always going to be difficult uh, for a keeper yeah. to pull off. So, like, I think you, I've, we've spoken about this. There's a big flaw in the defense for United because they're playing Harry Maguire out of position. And that means he is prone to making yeah. at least one mistake a game. And often those mistakes lead to goals. Yeah. Also, because Lindelof is terribly out of form, he's having to cover Lindelof's mistakes. Yeah. So yeah. the defense is terrible and most of the times they've been saved by De Gea or just bad luck the Brighton game where they had four shots hit the woodwork like United did not deserve to win that game against Brighton yeah. like it was one of the weirdest uh, game endings <laughs> I'd ever seen and I was actually like I feel really bad for Brighton like when we won <laughs> that game for what it's worth 
like Luke Shaw is reasonable fullback now, but I don't think he's ever going to live up to that potential we saw. I mean, yeah. I know we've uh, bought fullback uh, in the transfer win Alex Tellez, but we'll have to see how good he is, um, how quickly yeah. he adapts to the Premier League. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is a great defensive right back, um, and he's still learning how to become his attack, but he's solid in that defensive side of the yeah. right back duty. So at least one side of our uh, defense is good. With the midfield, the midfielders can only do, be as good as the system allows yeah. them to be. And I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer knows how to properly implement both Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, and McTominay uh, in the team. I think because of the way our defense is, given its weaknesses, United have to play yeah. both McTominay and Pogba as uh, defensive pivots up front. Boys, they're people who act like a little screen in front of the center backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which means they're often isolating Bruno Fernandez, who has to basically be the guy up front creating all yeah, the goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, if a team is playing defensively against United, Pogba can push himself up and be like a deep lying playmaker. But uh, and he has the passing skills to do that. Uh, once again, he needs the support. McTo- he needs someone like McTominay to like go out there and get the yes. ball for win the ball for him and things like that. Well, the thing is, at the moment, Pogba's not getting game time as well, which seems a big call by um, Solskjaer to not yeah. play him. And I think we've also bought Donny Van Der Beek, and he's not started a single game, and he hasn't looked bad in any of the games he's played. Um. Maybe I wouldn't mind if we gave him a go at that right wing position, which we badly need a player to play up yeah. there. The other issue is I think the team plays much more solidly with Fred because yeah, yeah. Fred keeps things together and he keeps the... So you could go a very full defense with Fred and yeah. McTominay and that just makes them a bit more solid um, just because it covers the def- uh, the weaknesses of that defense. And up front, the problems we already know. We, there's no attacks from the right end, so every team knows they just need to block uh, Rashford on the left, and <laughs> Martial will not, uh, has to try and do something with... Like, and they're both very creative players. I think it's a yeah. testament to how well they've been playing this season that they've uh, scored as many goals as they've had with how little help they're getting from the rest of the team. And Mason Greenwood is still learning his craft. I mean, I think he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look a bit like um, Solskjaer hasn't really settled on a formation either. Like, he, it seems to be changing yeah. most weeks. Like, it's, yeah, whether he's going, you know, 4 2 3 1, 4, you know, 1 2 3, or whatever. It's, yeah. Even the diamond. Like that game against Arsenal, where they played a diamond, which was fine, but they put Pogba on the left, which makes no sense. Yeah. Yes, Pogba can play as a, in the diamond, I think, but the, he needs to be that deep lying playmaker. Yeah, yeah. Player. Well, they put Fred, Bruno Fernandez up uh, in front of him, and they need they needed more solid players on the left and right, uh, right of the diamond who could hold things together or you know go check the flanks. Yeah. Well, I think he's having. Problems, therefore, when you're fitting, you know, say you need Fred, you need Tomine, you need Pogba, you need Fernandez. Like, how do you fit the four of them and how do they fit into a formation? That's probably just as seems to be Solskjaer's problems. He doesn't know how to fit those players in and and hasn't hasn't settled into how that actually needs to work for him. Yeah. And I mean, that is a it's a hard thing to try and and it may be that it's the way to fit them in 
doesn't fit with how he his philosophy on football. Yeah. And it, I think that seems to be a little bit of his of Solskjaer's weakness is and somewhere where I feel Lampard's a little better. Just thinking of you know players that have turned into managers uh, recently, that Lampard seems to be a bit more flexible on how the t- you know what players he's got available for that game day, um, who he's playing, and how they can yep. you know these players they play best in these positions, so they need to be here. Okay, what does that mean for the for the rest of the formation? Whilst Solskjaer is sort of going, I need to play this formation. How do I fit my players into that more? Yeah. I think that's possibly causing more of a misconnect, really. And the players are struggling to to play to their potential because they're sort of having to play against their their nature as such, you know, their instincts. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I the good parts for Manchester United is they do have a lot of young players um, coming in yeah. through the youth system. They're going to need them. Um, unfortunately, Eric Bailly is being injured again. Makes uh, The centre-back position is where they, it looks a bit shaky. And until they can fix those, those fatal flaws, I'm always going to be worried that the team... Let, look, I will be happy with a top 10 finish this year, given how badly we're playing. I think things can get turned around. Like you start, it seems to be you've had a one against Everton, which is a. Mm. I know Everton started to nosedive a bit, but they had a they have been playing well this season, so that's a definite tick. Yeah. It, I didn't watch the game against Arsenal, but it looks like it was fairly solid. I know some Arsenal fans who may suggest that it was more a summation of how Arsenal's been playing more than anything. But. I think that score were flattered Manchester United. Arsenal could have very easily scored more, way more on United than they did. It didn't quite like this is the problem because I feel like every game that United, where a t uh, where our opponent manages uh, can get the upper hand and just start opening the floodgates, it ends up it'll end up becoming one six like uh, like Spurs. Yeah, and I mean that might be the case. I mean the stats look fairly fairly similar. United had eight shots, Arsenal had seven. Two shots on target each. Fifty four percent possession for United, forty six for Arsenal. Five seventy passes completed for United, five oh one for Arsenal. Eighty five percent pass accuracy for both. You know, it was yeah. looking at just the pure numbers, it looks fairly fairly even. Yeah. Um, that said, I probably could go to the. United Chelsea game and get very similar um, numbers out of it, and I think the United Chelsea game was just a game neither team yeah. were. Both teams were happy with the draw and yeah, played yeah. like it. And I wonder if this is like going back a few years now, but you know, little horse campaign for us where we went to United after you know the year after Fergie left, went to United had Mourinho and he put up a very defensive screen and came with a nil-nil draw again at United and you could see that he felt happy about that and then later in the season yeah you know United had crashed and burned and had a poor season as well and it felt like well I know that was like first or second game or something I think it might have been the first game of the season and it was started feeling like it was a missed opportunity more than anything and it was drop points yeah yeah I don't think any team should line up defensively against Manchester no. United like because I've just had a quick look at the stats, and while I think Antonio Martial and Green would have looked good in games, and they've only had like sorry four and three games respectively, but each 
Um, neither of them have gotten off the mark this season yet. Uh, I wouldn't say Martial is out of uh, touch, but, you know, in a striker, and he is playing as the main striker this season. When the striker spends a few games without goals, it starts to eat into you. Yeah. But they do have Cavani and they do have Igalo, so, I mean... Yeah. Striker is not a position I'm too worried about for United. And even a right wing, because I think in attack, you your deficiencies are more masked because you can just take advantage when a team makes a mistake or you can get lucky and still come away with a point with a bad attack. You yeah. can't like do that with a bad defense and a bad attack. No. Even with a good attack, I think Chelsea showed that it can be hard. I mean, if you give away three goals in 20 minutes, I think as we've done twice so far this season um it gets hard to win games <laughs> sure we scored three both those games but it's ironic i feel like uh, association football and nfl football are going through a paradigm shift in opposite directions because the classic saying in nfl uh, is that uh, offense wins you games defense wins you championships and I think that's borne out in history. Uh, and in football, after we started with the three points for a win system, you know, defense wins you games, but offense wins you championships. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to be able to score goals to win the Premiership. Uh, or avoid relegation, or avoid the thing, because three points is worth oh, yes. so much more than eight Definitely. points. Interestingly, though, um, the Chelsea-Sheffield United game had the um, there was match of the day. So on the pre-game show, they had the other the saying it the other way around for the well the NFL way for the EPL. You know, strikers win your matches, defenders win your um, titles. Uh, that's a different different thing. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um aimed at Chelsea with getting our back four um settled, mm. and that we're gonna win. Yeah. We could win matches, but until that settled, we weren't. Chelsea wasn't going to be able to push for the championship. Obviously, I'm not including the goalkeeper in what I'm calling no, no. the defense, because obviously, no team with a bad goalkeeper no. is ever winning. Either, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not winning games, you're not winning championships with a bad goalkeeper. But counting out the goalkeeper, the the, uh, the outfield defense does win you games, keep you from conceding goals because, but because goals are a rare commodity in football, I, I feel like attack is what wins you championships. And, but I yeah. think it's shifting because I think now um, having a good defense is what wins you the game. And I think so the, what they were saying about defense wins you, wins you titles is probably true now. Like, I think that's the paradigm shift. And that's what's happened in the NFL where everybody's saying it, even the traditionalists, that they're like, no, it's a new NFL now. Like, you cannot win, win a Super Bowl or get to the playoffs without a good offense. That's like. Yeah, the old days of having just a good defense and like kind of just rolling the dice with offense and hoping you're gonna score points that doesn't work anymore in the NFL. In fact, you no, can go, no. you can almost ignore your defense most of the times if you're like, "Yep, I have a good enough offense that'll always score when it's our turn." Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If you can you can score in the NFL almost at will, then you're going far, no matter how bad your defense is. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I don't think it's that easy uh, in football. Because being able to hold those leads is what gets you those three points yeah. over a long 38-point season. So the exception to the rule is teams like your the last Alex Ferguson team 
they basically came yeah. back from behind something like seven times during the season, <laughs> overcoming like two or three goal deficits. So it's like, but you know, that was back in the day when we just expected that from United. Like that was a that was a trademark. That was back in the Fergie days. That was like the last one, last season of Fergie. We're going to do this for Fergie in the way that yep. in Fergie time, the proper way. Yep. have an international break next uh, week uh, so we don't everybody gets a chance mm-hmm. to take a rest as part from those who play for their international teams we're having a quick rundown of the coming games on saturday and sunday um next week first off the bat we've got the the Toon versus Chelsea up in St. James Park. I think whilst the Toon are by no means an easy beat, uh, especially this season, I think Chelsea's got this one. I hope so, but I do have several notable Newcastle games burned in my memory where they've absolutely just nailed us. Something You're chronic. not with Mourinho anymore. Newcastle used to beat Mourinho. We're not. City used to beat Mourinho. Yeah, it was, it was Mourinho. Yes, it it was the Mourinho ones, but there were several games there where we'd been high-flying and looking good, and then we go to Newcastle, and yep. they just dick us. And it's just, I always worry going to Newcastle because of that. Even though there's plenty of other examples where that didn't happen, and we've comfortably won and played well. It's just... Confirmation bias is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know it's going to be fine, but it's just weary. But yes, it, I think if the... If the team continues to show the form and the settledness they have over the last sort of uh, 10 days after the international break, I think we should be fine. Um, also, barring any injuries to key players, obviously. Yeah, as I say, as long as nobody gets too injured over the international break, I think we should be fine. I think, once again, the only issue there is going to be around the exact makeup of the squad of the team and how best to ensure people get game time because at some point you know Frank's gonna have to deal with maybe a bit of an unsettled dressing room if he's if people are feeling like they should get game time and are not but I think with the young team and Frank being such a Chelsea legend they'll be okay with him going look it's rest and rotation people we've got a lot of games we need it's a marathon not a sprint yeah yeah and I don't see it being too much of a problem it's just one that's the sort of thing that can cause issues if it's if anything's going to cause issues that and i don't think chelsea have such a big have, doesn't have a big superstar in the team who's going to demand game time no eden hazard has left yeah the only one i could think of at the moment who might would be Jorginho, but even then i doubt it as he's getting enough game time anyway and yeah seems to be when he's not playing it seems and i think frank's doing well he's he's clearly talking to each of the players and pointing out, you know, oh, look, this is what I think. How do you think? Can we yeah. push an extra one? Are we rest this week, play next week? So it's, it's I think it's fine. But yeah, yeah. I, I think Chelsea there. Fair enough. Well, we agree with that. Uh, Villa versus uh, Brighton. Villa at home and their form has improved in the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't see them losing this game against Brighton. At worst, a draw, but I think Villa will clinch it 
2-1 maybe something close yeah i agree with you i think a goal or two be all that does it i mean brighton play play well but it's not at home not that it matters much this season but there's still that little bit of a having the travel mm. having to um you know the the, the pre-match stuff is just for the away teams just a little yeah. more it's all effectively a relegation dogfight game almost even though neither team are, i think yeah. are in the relegation <laughs> even though neither of them are even close to the relegation oh i suppose brighton's sort of there's currently three points off west brom like aston villa's well off they're they're having a i mean they started well had a bit of a dip i think they've come back a little bit hmm but I think they're going to have to fight for every win because yeah, yeah, things are going to get tough in a month and a bit's time. They beat an Arsenal last week. Yeah. But they lost to Southampton. They lost to Leeds. Yeah. Beat Leicester. Beat Liverpool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... um. Yeah, beat Liverpool 7-2, not just beat Liverpool. Yeah, no. yeah they actually smashed Liverpool. <laughs> Like the worst thing about that six one loss to Spurs is I couldn't gloat to Liverpool fans about yeah. losing six two to Villa. We just both <laughs> looked at each other as like never happened, never happened. Yeah. Just just so. But I mean then they lost three nil to um Leeds a couple of weeks later. Yeah. So but that just means I have to cheer Leeds, which I'm not gonna do. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. So I mean yeah, it could be be interesting. But I think you're right. Following on from that, we've got Burnley and Crystal Palace. Burnley are terrible this season so far. Oh, it's uh, very terrible. Only two points. And Crystal Palace are not bad. Um, yeah. I think Burnley are going to be more desperate of the two teams, but I don't think there's going to be much they can do about it. The team's got so many injuries. Sam Dyche is not going to start his miraculous relegation save yet i think maybe a couple of games from now yeah yeah i think so i think they're expecting a lot of their players back over the christmas period that's when i expect them to improve but right now they might get away with the draw in fact maybe i'll be more generous i say one all something like that uh, for this game i mean it is at burnley they can grab a point and stuff but they just haven't looked right burnley i think crystal palace crystal palace has looked much more uh, focused it's it's just burnley has been losing just you know drawing games they should win losing games easily and it just hasn't looked look good they played well against tottenham uh, a couple of weeks back but other than that it's just not been good so i think crystal palace actually quite easily i think crystal palace have been playing well i mean they hit four against leeds last week that was 4-1 yep they've beaten fulham they they drew with Brighton. They lost to Wolves and they lost to us. But other than that, they've been pretty pretty solid. I think I think Crystal Palace has got this. Yeah, Fulham versus Everton. Fulham at home. Um, they've also not been great this season. Um, too early to call them a relegate team that's going to be relegated. Uh, maybe. But maybe. I do think, I do think that they're not. Uh, they've shown poor form and Everton's kind of dip, but I still think they have quality. So I see Everton going down there and getting an away three points. I think this is one for Everton to turn. They've had a bit of a dip, you say, recently. They've lost three on the row. They drew against Liverpool at the beginning of that. So they've been pretty much winning when they drew against Liverpool, yep. which you wouldn't think 
recent recent history would say that would be you know it was a two two draw for Everton. That's that's good against Liverpool for on recent history, but then they've gone into a three game losing streak. So yeah. <laughs> this season less so. But yeah, I I think it is too early to say Fulham's um relegation bound, but that's I don't think indication of how they've been playing. I think that's just more indication of how badly like Burnley and Sheffield United have been playing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Fulham can't be relegation bound because they're not as bad as those two. That's that's weird because it's still only like a, the relegate the bottom half of the table after eight points. Uh, there's on, like you said, there's only like seven points between Manchester United and West Brom. Um, but even like seven Brighton... points is a lot for eight games in though. Yeah, yeah. That's getting a reasonable spread. But like everyone below Leeds and Manchester United are are all like in danger. Brighton, yeah. Fulham, West Brom, Burnley, and Sheffield United. Yeah, I mean those five teams will be playing pretty poorly. But mm. out of those teams, I think Brighton and Fulham have been playing. They've been playing normal badly, like normal yeah. relegation issues badly. But West Brom, I mean, they've snagged three points out of all this somehow. But I mean, eleven minus eleven on goal difference. Burnley, as we said, has been playing just so bad, and nothing like Burnley of the previous seasons. And United, yeah. Sheffield United, the same. Like last year, they came out of the blocks. They were looking really good, and this year, just they can't get any break whatsoever. Just nothing is working for them. They have been unlucky, though. Oh, yeah. So ironically, I think Sheffield United might not get relegated. Um, just because I think their luck will turn. Um, because they're, I think they're always in every game they've played so far. They've just lost. They haven't looked as in as last year. Last year they were looking very much that. This year it just, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. They, I mean, they have been unlucky, and it, it it's you're right. It's it feels the thin slice of a line. Like a couple more lucky breaks, a couple more random spins of the dice going their way and they could be you know nowhere near relegation and be having a, a dream second season but it just seems this year it's this something's just not working right and it can turn around in an instant or they could find themselves at christmas and on still single digit um points it's just yeah it is uh it does feel a bit like yeah. that so it's it could be really hard for this like so it's not as though their form is like Burnley or West Brom, or for that matter, Fulham. But at the same point, it's not much better, and it feels like luck's against them for some reason. So, mm. now next game is Liverpool versus Leicester, a top four clash, yeah. and maybe even a but maybe even a Championship decider game. Um, Possibly. I think Liverpool have kind of shown a bit of fragility, and I think Leicester's shown they're improving. Yes. Obviously, assuming Vardy stays fit in the international break, nothing like that happens. Um, but I think Leicester are much more than a one-man team than like they were last year. Yeah. So with all that being said, I think Leicester can sneak in a win here. Um, something sneaky, like a 1-0 or even maybe a 2-0. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think they, they could definitely um, get it. It might be a 2-1 um, sort of scenario, 1-0, you say, maybe... Maybe a 2 0 or 3 1 sort of thing with a goal on the counter or something. But it may even come down to who scores first. True. And, and you know, who has to then chase it. I feel like this might be a game you don't want to score first. 
because the you know the classic saying yeah. like a one or two goal lead is the most dangerous position because once the other team the other team gets that other goal you're yeah they have the momentum yeah, yeah. and can overcome you and so maybe you don't want to be the the team to score first uh who knows that's it i'm just thinking of of both teams ability to counter and if you're the one having to chase the game and having to push up you know that you could get hurt on the counter quite easily either side so yeah that's true but yeah and then say leicester's was that they've won the last five games in all competitions and yep i mean they've been comfortable wins mostly i mean it was only one against wolves in the weekend but if we crowned a premiership champion at this point of the season, they would be deserving yeah. of based on uh, their play so far in the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Liverpool's won four of the last five and drawn the other one, and that was against City in the mm. weekend. But, you know, it's not like they've yeah. had a bad season. But not by any means. No. Um, but, yeah, I still feel like Leicester's got the edge. Yeah, yeah. Just it, it's, I think we we're calling it last time... Something about this season feels like it's Leicester's time again. Like, so- yeah, it very well might be, and I think I yeah. agree. It just well, at least that they're going to have they're going to have something good. Like it, it feels yeah. like things are clicking for them again. Not that they haven't been over the last few yeah. seasons, but they always just felt a little off gear. And this season it just feels like that has like they've had a good start. They've come out of the blocks. They're looking solid. They're looking good. So yeah, I think. Yeah. When that sort of thing's going with you, these sort of games go your way. Yeah, yeah. Next up, United versus West Brom. Now, this is a game on paper I should have no fears about, and I should just call it like a 3-0 or a 4-0, because West Brom have been yeah. awful. But United are famous for robbing the rich and giving to the poor, so they could gift West Brom a win here, or even a draw. We've already gifted West Brom points. We gifted them. Th- we just gave them three goals at the beginning of the game when we played them. I mean, it was yeah, it was crazy. Just like have three goals in the first twenty minutes. West Brom are a team that can attack, and I think their their form the the results have not shown how good the team is in some ways. So I am not taking it for granted, but I do think United are just going to win. I think. They're going to score an early goal. West Brom's going to try and attack them. And then United is going to somehow scrape through with a lucky win. So maybe a two, I think maybe a two or three one here. That's what I feel. Yeah, I, I'm feeling a bit more optimistic for you. I feel that Manchester United and, and the players and Solskjaer are starting to feel a bit more comfortable in their skins. So it looks like the game is Everton was better. And so hopefully that continues for them. Uh, I mean, they do have the unfortunate of having a break, the international break, to sort of break up that any any momentum they were getting yeah. out of it. But I feel, and, and West Brom's one where they can do it. And I don't, I mean, Chelsea, when we play West Brom, the three goals, we we blatantly gifted them the goals. Um, and it was yeah. you know, poor, poor errors. And whilst I know United's had um, defensive issues, and, and stuff. I don't know if they're going to quite be as bad as that in the first little bit. And so I feel that West Brom, once they go down, won't be able to get back up. So I feel United will have a little easier time of it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. United will win and they'll win a bit more, a little bit more comfortably than um, 
they're not. Following on from that, we've got Wolves versus the Saints, Southampton. I think Southampton are playing really yeah. well. Um, I think Wolves are not playing as well as they were yeah. last season at this point. But I think with their manager, they can, uh, can uh, they can pull something out. Um, they have the home field advantage. This game feels to me like a highly entertaining, really, really, really engrossing draw. Three, three. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It does, does. Or even a really, really entertaining nil all yeah. because both teams are playing like this great version of chess. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just they're not capable of opening each other's defenses. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at it, I think the the slightly high high value drawers is seems to be more likely to me. I mean, it's not like Southampton have kept many. They're about as bad as Chelsea at keeping clean sheets. I mean, they have. Mm. Um, and they've had some decent wins, but they've also let in some a, a reasonable amount of goals at the same time. Yeah, and, and Wolves have, have looked okay. I mean, they've won three of their last five, lost last week against Leicester, mm-hmm. while Southampton's won four of their last five, and their only draw was against us, where once again we gave them three goals at the end of the match just to you know be nice for some reason. Yeah. Um, so, but I think yeah, a two-two or or maybe even a three-three sort of. Thing, or maybe a goal either side of that 3-2, 4-3 sort of thing where one team just snatches it at the end or something. Cool. Yeah. I think that seems likely. Next game, Spurs versus City, Spurs at Ooh. home. I think Spurs have shown they're in pretty good yeah. form this season and are coming on a revenge tour. Mourinho <laughs> loves is always up for it against Guardiola. Um, City still have a lot of injuries to deal yeah. with. I feel like Mourinho might accidentally go too defensive and give City <laughs> a win. Uh, it's just the sort of game where he'd do that. To, like, and he's got a unfortunately he's got a bad record against Manchester yeah. City. Not necessarily with Guardiola in charge, just with Manchester yeah, yeah. City in general. Um, I know it is technically a home game for what that's worth. This in this season yeah and i feel and also for what it's worth of um jose but he tends to be the defense the pure defense mindset of these sort of games is when he's going away and he, he's going to steal a point um that tends yeah. to be where it is but this being at at home for spurs i feel he won't be quite as possibly not quite as defensive minded on it on the grounds that you know he's very much of the mindset you win at home you draw away sort of thing or you try to steal points yeah. away. So I, I don't see him being too defensive. And, I mean, yeah, Tottenham have had a, a really good season, and they're looking looking really good. And they're looking good in the Premier League. City, like the last five games, they've won three, drawn two. But that's two wins in the Champions League against Marseille and Olympiacos. Yeah. Olympiacos. Um, and their EPL forms just not look good. They drew against West Ham... True against Liverpool, which is good. Only beat Sheffield United 1-0. You know, it's just... don't know. It, it, it doesn't look like the city that they should. They have key yeah. injuries. I agree with all of your points. And I should... Almost any other situation, I would say that this is going to be Mourinho's day and he's going to win it. And then, I have faith you in know, him. Crow. But I just feel like it's a banana peel and he's going to step oh, on it. That's, sometimes that's any week for Mourinho, though. 
<laughs> sometimes, sometimes he's he can't do any wrong, and then sometimes it just feels like he's just dancing on ice. But I, I think Spurs are going to win this one. I think it's fun fact. Apparently, the banana peel was originally used in comedy because it subverted expectations. <laughs> Because the idea of you walking along and just slipping on a banana peel was funny because people didn't expect it because that's how comedy works. <laughs> yes, yes. Whereas now that is basically like, like in order to do the banana peel gag, somebody walks along to the banana peel, he'd have to have something like a giant anvil falls on him just as about he's about to step on that banana peel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something like oh, that. Oh, that's hilarious. But yes. But yes. Following on from Spurs City, uh, we've got Sheffield United, West Ham United, the Battle of the Weapons, Ooh, yeah. Blades versus Hammers. I think the Hammers are in really good form this season. Yeah. Um, even going all the way up to Bramall Lane, I think they'll be up for it. Um, they might make themselves lose, and it would very much be making themselves yeah. lose. But yeah, I feel like they have it. Uh, they're going to win at least 1 or 2 nil here. Yeah, I... I agree with you. I think if any game is going to be the one where the Blades turn their luck around and actually get back on it, it's possibly this one. Yep. They just, yeah, it, it's not quite a now or never sort of thing, but it's this is the sort of game where it will have an impact as such. If they can, if if they could get a win out of this, it would feel important and it would feel momentum turning because West Ham has been playing well. Um, but at the same time, it's sort of West Ham, so Sheffield can beat them. But at the same point, I don't see West Ham dropping this. They're building too much. They're doing too well this year. I mean, they've had they've only had two wins out of the last five, but that's included two draws against Spurs and City and a reasonably close loss to Liverpool. And they beat Leicester City 3-0. They beat Fulham. So, yeah, I think West Ham on this one. Next one, Leeds versus Arsenal. This used to be a top-of-the-table clash back at the beginning of this century, uh, boys and girls. Um, But I think uh, Leeds have played decent as Sun's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think Arsenal uh, are good enough to beat them, and they will beat them. I think uh, Arsenal are going to take it by 1-0, like they did against United. Yeah, I... I I agree. I think um, Arsenal have had a reasonably Arsenal-ish type season. Um, but I think <laughs> they've got the quality. And, and Leeds, Leeds have shown that they can snatch games and can turn on a, a decent... They're sort of like Sheffield United were last um, last season, except not as good as Sheffield United were at being Sheffield United last season. They've got the firepower and the ability to turn it on against a team, but they don't seem to be able to do it as consistently or as easily as the Blades were doing it last year. So yeah, I think Arsenal's gonna gonna win this one. It doesn't mm. Arsenal can Arsenal it, that's for sure. But I yep. feel like it's gonna be them losing as opposed to anything else. It'll be it's be their actions that determine the game. And I feel like they might win it. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. So that's our predictions for the next next weekend's games hopefully uh, we'll all be correct <laughs> especially with manchester united yeah. winning um not that um history has shown that our predictions are anywhere near being right sometimes uh, not at all not at all <laughs> but with that in mind i think um that's all we have time for today uh, 
Um, thank you very much for listening, and we hope to hear back from you next time. Catch you next time.